0: Good morning and welcome to OBE Readers Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, October 29th. Today we are reading from the Big Book, Chapter 11, and we are at page 151 of the first paragraph. Today's readers are on the 12 steps, Renee A., the 12 traditions, Esther F., and reading the text are Marie J., Martha Z., and Craig F. The reference number for Sunday, October 29 is 12108. That's 12108. 1, OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self supporting through our own contributions
1: Good morning, Renee A. recovered compulsive overeater in Tulsa, Oklahoma. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. 1. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. 2. Came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. 3. Made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. 4 And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Have a great day, everybody. I pass. Thank
0: you, Renee. I will now ask Esther F. to read the twelve traditions.
2: Good morning. It's Esther F a compulsive, a recover compulsive overeater from Cleveland, Ohio. The twelve traditions. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service, and I pass. Thank you, Esther.
0: Everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the Big Book on page 151, the first paragraph. Um, Comments will be on that one paragraph. And Marie J., will you please begin reading? Yes, can you hear me?
3: Yes. Yes. Great, this is Marie J., and I am recovered in Colorado. Chapter 11, A Vision for You. For most normal folks, drinking means conviviality, companionship, and colorful imagination. It means release from care, boredom, and worry. It is joyous intimacy with friends and a feeling that life is good. But not so with us in those last days of heavy drinking. The old pleasures were gone. They were but memories. Never could we recapture the moments of the past. There was an insistent yearning to enjoy life as we once did and the heartbreaking obsession that some new miracle of control would enable us to do it. There was always one more attempt and one more failure gosh this is so powerful these words of heartbreaking obsession that some miracle of control to be able to enjoy life as we once did and the heartbreaking obsession to try one more time to control things and the realization that i would fail over and over because i'm a control addict and before i had this spiritual solution for three years i just had a diet with group support and i didn't have the freedom and when I had abstinence only and not this full spiritual solution that the steps offer, I was constantly fooling myself and wanting to believe that mere abstinence from compulsive overeating was recovery. And I was really unhappy and I was lonely. And with abstinence only, life was vastly better, and I looked better, and I was in recovery for three years, but I still had this question of, gosh, is this all there is, and where's the happiness, joy, and freedom? And so what I know now is that until I came to believe in a power greater than myself, and you know, it takes patience to develop that belief. It takes patience. It takes practice. It takes time to come to that belief and to trust. But when it did happen, um, uh, until it happened, I couldn't ever give up that control. And over and over I failed because I was relying on myself, you know, self reliance and self will and that only goes so far. And then I have this heartbreaking realization over and over of this failure. And through these steps, I get the freedom, I get freedom from fear and the need to control everything. And that results in serenity. So my life is infinitely less anxious today because I'm not in the driver's seat. And it doesn't mean that I sit around and wait for God to deliver. You know, I still have to take my action. This is a program of action and it's not easy, but it is fulfilling and I'm happy. And much of the time I'm calm and I'm released from my character defects, my big one of self-righteousness, especially with my husband. And, I'm no longer sitting around in judgment and blame which always is followed by self-loathing because i don't like the person i've become when i'm in all my character defects but because i have the spiritual solution and i have these steps and i work them daily i have this connection to the power that's not me and i can't explain this power i can't define it but i can feel it i can experience it and even though it took a lot of time and I continue to develop this relationship deeper and deeper, I now can trust this, trust this power that's greater than me, that, that I can give all of my life to it. I don't have to be in control of anything. I give my very existence and rely on it and it never lets me down. I'm never let down and I'm no longer surprised today when the power shows up in my life and it takes away my pain and it replaces it with freedom. So this is so powerful and all those, that pain of not being in control or trying to be in control and failing over and over is gone in my life and it's just such a miracle. Thanks, I pass.
0: Thank you so much, Marie. Okay. Uh we're on chapter eleven, a vision for you, the very first paragraph. Who would like to share? Lisa, Lisa Bean. Nessa
4: R. This is Larry. Lisa Bean, Tenzin,
0: yeah. Nessa, oh, Ginger. Larry. Ginger okay, C. Just a second. Just one second. Ness I'm sorry, Nessa, Harlan. No, Larry was before Harlan. Um Larry, Harlan, Ginger. Okay, now I can take one more. Suzanne B. Okay, Suzanne. Okay, super. Um, Okay, so I have Lisa B, Tenzin, I can't remember your initial, Nessa R, Larry K, Harlan G, Ginger C, and I'm sorry, was that Suzanne? And what was your initial? Yes. Suzanne, what's your initial, please?
5: Mm. Okay, thank you. Okay, Lisa B., you're up, followed by Tenzin. Good morning. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina, and thank you for your service, and I'm really happy to be here with everyone starting my week, starting my Monday with you all. And um, I love this chapter. I love this reading when it talked about colorful imagination, it made me think about using food for, as a performance drug. Um, I needed to write sometimes something creative for my work and um, I would get you know a whole big tray of cookies and M&Ms and I felt that it just gave me imagination, it gave me energy, it gave me drive. And then that word release, that really jumped out for me this morning And release, the definition is allow or enable to escape from confinement, to be set free. And it's so interesting that that's actually what the journey through the steps, taking the action steps and experiencing the steps. That's what's happened to me. I am set free. I am free but it came through putting the food down and doing the steps and you know it's interesting I love to look up the opposite meaning sometimes of words and I just felt led to look up the opposite of release and one of the words that came out was dead in the water so the opposite of release one of the words is dead in the water and that just shows me when I'm dead in the water when I'm not moving when I'm not continuing to grow I am dead in the water I must always be moving and then um, the other thing that I wanted to share about is how it talks about in those last days of heavy drinking and I have a mental twist and I have a mental blank spot and I am unable to recall the pain and suffering Um, and what was the pain and suffering not being able to stop eating and having to have someone physically remove me from the premises because I could not stop eating that's where the food takes me that's where this illness as a real compulsive overeater takes me but sometimes I don't do that you know sometimes I'm able to enjoy a bite or enjoy the bag and then I stop and three days later I'll have a binge and I think I'm the one deciding to do that binge but I'm not realizing it's because I'm mandated because of this physical allergy so I'm grateful to be here. Thank you for your service. I pass. Thank you, Lisa. Okay, Tenzin
0: P. You're up, followed by Nessa R.
6: Good morning, everyone. Uh, Tenzin P. Calling in. Well, actually, today for for a few hours more, I'm in Maryland, but I'll be going back to New York, where I'm staying. So, uh, a vision for you. My heart jumped for joy when I remember that, oh, fantastic, today we're at the beginning of a vision for you chapter. Um, So I mostly wanted to express my gratitude to this meeting, to everyone who comes on, and to the work that we do, because being on these meetings for the past almost two years has significantly changed my life. And it's, it's in a process of ongoing change in such wonderful ways, hard, hard work, and wonderful ways so um in the in the paragraph, uh it talks about for most normal folks to um it, to eat uh, it, it means release from care, boredom, and worry. well, ho hum, for me, I use food all the time as release from care, boredom, and worry, and it led me, you know, to the bottom that led me to my recovery. So, um, I think that's all I want to share. Just much gratitude to you all for all the work uh, that we are doing to, you know, um, come closer to God and to carry the message. Thank you again.
0: Thank you so much Tenzin and Nessa R you're up followed by Larry K.
7: Thank you. Good morning vision for you. My name is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. You know, one more attempt and one more failure. I had um 46 years of attempts and failures. And now um, I am glad um I am glad that I had those years because, you know, if I could have done it alone, if I had succeeded, I wouldn't be where I am today, and I wouldn't have the life that I have today. And I know that at the beginning, it seems really overwhelming, you know, like I have to give up this food and that food, and how am I going to live without that food? And, you know, all the work, and it's a lot of work, but you know what? When I look back on the seven, almost seven years of recovery that I have, you know, giving up, giving up those foods uh, didn't actually spell out deprivation. In hindsight, it spells freedom. Because what I didn't realize is that you know, freedom is not the ability to do what I want. Freedom is the absence of slavery. And I was a slave to all those foods um, and, and drinks because I I was you know reluctant to give up coffee um, and all those things that I, I didn't want to give up i was enslaved them. that was not freedom you know eating all the sugar and flour and coffee i wanted wasn't freedom that was slavery and um if i hadn't done that i wouldn't have been able to work the steps to get me to where i am today and you know i also think about all the work that i do do and that i have done over the past seven years it's not nearly it's not nearly the amount of work that i did to plan carry out dispose and clean up um all my binges and my disease you know to hide it from my husband and from my children and you know not only that i don't have the stress of having to do this i can work this program in the open i don't have to hide to work this program whereas i did have to hide and i had to lie and i had to do all these things in order to to practice my addiction um this is such a beautiful Beautiful way to live, you know. To to all those of you who are, who are beginning, who feel overwhelmed, who feel this is daunting, you know, to give up this and that, and you know, to to be on the meeting every day and to uh, work the steps and do all the work. It, it is nothing compared to to what we did, you know. I think Dr. Bob said if we spend half the time and expanded half the effort on our recovery that we did in our addiction, we would be okay. And you know what, it's more than okay. It's it's, it's just wonderful. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you so much, Nessa. Larry K., you're up, followed by Harlan G.
7: Hey,
4: Katie, I I got Harlan's approval. I I don't wanna be thinking about what I'm gonna say while he's talking, because I'm gonna miss something. So I asked him if he'd go before me. Plus he's older than me, so I gotta respect my elders. So Harlan, can I go after Very you?
1: Good. Very good.
4: <laughs> okay.
8: Thanks. Hi. I'm Harlan Thanks. G, I'm a recovered compulsive overreader in Scottsdale, Arizona. Mr. Gosh here. Okay. Um the purpose of this chapter speaks to the name of the chapter and our name too. A vision for you. This is the only chapter written in 1939. The book was published in April of 39, and they were making revisions to this chapter, practically running after the station wagon as the manuscript went to the printer. This chapter is going to be rich in history. This chapter is going to answer for us a profound question. And the question is, what happens to my life if I give up my precious friend the food? What's my life going to look like? What's my life going to look like without the food? It's going to be better, richer, and deeper than anything I ever could have imagined. Because it would be very, very hard for me to imagine that I can get released from care, boredom, and worry. Because when I was in boredom, when I was in worry, when I was in any type of emotion, the one thing that I had intimacy with instead of friends was food. When I was scared, Happy, angry, food was there. It was loyal. It was controllable. It was delicious, and it worked. And then one day, I noticed that it didn't work anymore. And all I kept doing was eating more and more and more. The old pleasures were gone because the food stopped working. I couldn't get drunk on the food, and I couldn't get sober on the food. They were but memories. And never could I recapture the great moments of the past. What were the great moments of the past? The great moments of the past were not events concerning people. The great moments of the past were the freedom and the, and the serenity that I got from eating massive quantities of food that was killing me. There was an insistent yearning to enjoy life as we once did and a heartbreaking obsession that some new miracle of control would enable us to do it. I couldn't control the amount I ate, I couldn't keep from eating, and the food wasn't working, and life became hell. You gave me a book. You gave me your hand to hold. You boistered my spirit with your encouragement. You smiled at me. You helped me. You showed me the way. And for the last nineteen and a half, almost twenty years. I have not found it necessary to compulsively overeat, and I have been happy and joyous in my release from the urge to do so. I never knew that was possible, nor did I think it would ever happen for me, but it has. And on page 88 of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, it says, it works. It really does. Thank you for showing me the way each and every one of you and with that, I'll pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much, Harlan. Now we'll have Larry Kay, followed by Ginger C.
4: Thanks, Katie. Thanks so much. Um, yeah, you know, the, uh, so it says, uh, it speaks of the companionship and the colorful imagination released from care, boredom, and worry. You know, I remember as a kid. You know, maybe 10, 11, 12. I had older cousins that were, you know, 10, 12, 15 years older than me. And they would take me to the, I just remember going to the Chicago Blackhawks hockey game. And we would drive out from the suburbs. And I didn't give a rat's you-know-what about the hockey game. Although, I, I, you know, I grew to enjoy it. What was exciting to me was the, you know, here I was with my cousins. And I knew that we were going to go after the game. I don't care how late it was. We were going to go to one of those places in Chicago where they had, you know, Italian beef and this and that and the other thing. And I was so excited. And that's all I could think about all during the game. And every time we went, my mind was on that. It wasn't on the people. It wasn't on the hockey game. It wasn't on any of the thing. It was on the massive amounts of quantity, you know, the quantities of food that I would eat. And that that was such a pleasurable thing for me. You know, fast forward, I could never recapture the great moments of the past. There were many like that. I'm just giving you one. You know, there was an insistent yearning to enjoy life as I once did back in those days, but it it never was to come. And it would be decades before this disease began to turn on me. Well, it started to turn on me pretty early, but, I mean, where I had an awareness that it had turned on me. And, you know, this someone brought this book to life for me at some point i was ready i was willing i can't tell you the date that that happened i really can't but to where the pain was great enough that i would i would take these steps imperfectly but i would take them in sequence and i would put the food down and i would do the work and my life began to change and i'm not the same person you know that i was you know this this vision there is a vision but it's not fantasy it's not I was never sprinkled with pixie dust something happened to me where I was changed and and I choose to believe that I was brought into greater alignment with my higher power and my life's never been the same and the th- the nice thing is it gets better and better you know it gets better despite whatever challenges I face this is the greatest way of life I hear Harlan and others say it's the greatest way of life Um. It's just, um, it's an amazing, extraordinary thing, the fact that I don't have to pick up the food anymore. I don't want the food. I've I've been placed into a position of neutrality, and that's a beautiful thing. With that, I pass. Thanks so much.
0: Thank you, Larry. Okay, Ginger C., it's your turn, followed by Suzanne B.
9: Hi, Katie. Good morning. Can you hear me? yes oh great thank you for your service this morning and um this is ginger c recovered compulsive overeater in colorado and i'm just looking at this sentence it says it's joyous intimacy with friends and a feeling that life is good and for me with my compulsive overeating it was all about isolation separation it was never about being with others and having a good time It was pain, and it was in my bed, and I was alone, and I was dying. And that is the last days of my heavy overeating. That was my existence. That was the best that I could do. Because I was a prisoner, and food was my master. And like Bill, he has the bottle at the head of his bed. Well, I had these lemon heads in my nightstand, and that's how I had to begin every morning for the last few months of my eating experience. And again, I'm so tremendously grateful for every beautiful bite I had to take because one less bite and I may not be in this recovered state of mind and body this morning. And thank you, God, because I truly thought that I was taking this addiction to my grave because I just could not stop. And I had been going to OA for years. And if I had any type of abstinence, which never was, because it was never entire abstinence like Ruth t- talks about, it was white-knuckled. That, that sugary substance was still slipping in sideways. And it was a painful, painful existence. And I just wanted the day to end and to check off another, quote, abstinent day. And like someone just said, if you do this work precisely, exactly, and follow it 100%, You know, there's no more Joe and Charlie cafeteria style big book. You've got to do it exactly. You will find neutrality. This obsession will be lifted. You will no longer be thinking about food. And then the most incredible miracle is you start thinking less about you and more about other people and about life and love and connection opening that heart, shining that light. And it blows my mind because three years ago, I showed up in Virginia Beach in so much pain. I could not stop crying. You think I'd cry on the lines. You should have seen me at that weekend. And I had a bag full of candy and I was out of my mind. And God blindsided me. So if you're in pain, don't give up. I had no idea God was going to put down my candy that day. My best friend couldn't be in life with it and can't be in life without it. And it was gone. Thank you, God, for the first time. And if I could make it through today, God willing. Another day, just this daily reprieve. Tomorrow will be three years of abstinence and freedom. And life has taken on a tremendous and new meaning. And I wouldn't trade it for anything. So if you have to eat a few more bites to get a full knowledge of your condition, I encourage you to eat it because until you concede, you will never get this program. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Ginger, and congratulations. And Suzanne B., you're up. And then we'll open it up for more sharers.
10: Thank you, Katie. My name is Suzanne B. I live in California, but I happen to be on the East Coast today. So I'm grateful to be able to uh, be on the online line. So I want to talk about the first few lines in the first paragraph. Which for me are a beautiful ideal for what I can have with my life, having a spiritual awakening. And if I change the words normal folks, most normal folks, and then if I change the word drinking, it reads for me, a spiritual awakening means conviviality, companionship, and colorful imagination it means release from care, boredom, and worry. It's joyous intimacy with friends and a feeling that life is good. And this is such a beautiful affirmation for emotional sobriety. Thank you. I pass. Thank you so
0: much, Suzanne. Okay, so if you joined us in the last um, 15 minutes and are wondering what the heck we're reading about, we're in Chapter 11, A Vision for You, the very first paragraph. Who else would like to share? Naomi. M.
11: Naomi.
12: Timma M. Kim G. M.
13: Kim J. Kim
11: J. Devora S. G. Melissa.
0: Denise uh, Melissa. Okay, just just stop there, please. Kim J. Um, I got you, Tim. Denise. C. Um, and okay, Denise. Thank, thank you. Okay, so I have Naomi B, Sima, I'm not sure. Kim G, Deborah S, Melissa C, Mara Z, and Denise C. Is that it? Is that? Did I miss anyone? Roz G. Oh, Roz G. Okay, thank you, Roz. I thought I was missing someone. Sima M. Okay. Okay, Naomi B. followed by Simma M. Go ahead,
11: please.
14: Hi, thank you, good morning, can you hear me okay? Yes. Okay, good, thank you. Good morning, family, this is Naomi B., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater outside Philadelphia. So my friends can, the joyous intimacy with friends and a feeling that life is good. Okay, so my friends back in the day were uh, outside Philly, so they were Philly cheesesteaks and strombolis and all that uh, washed down with like a $5 bag of Doritos. The old pleasures were gone. Thank you, God. They were but memories. Thank you, God. Never could we capture the great moments of the past and who the H would want to. They weren't great moments. They were horrible. I was a slave. I was a slave to those foods. There was no pleasure. There were no friends. Yes, I had an active daycare business here in my my home, but the friends were all the above-mentioned foods. And I had no friends. And it was like, what is wrong with me? What is wrong with me? I crawled into a hoagie, and I stayed there. And thank you, God, thank you, God, my first sponsor nagged me, literally nagged me into listening to this phone meeting. And then, of course, the first meeting I went to, February 7th of 2011, when I first went to my first OA meeting, and they handed me an alcoholic book. I don't drink. The most I have is like two pina coladas a year. But boy, just substituting words. And I love words. One for the other. And it was like it had my name written all over it. I am free today. There is crap that happens in my family all the time. That doesn't stop. Life does not stop. And thank you, God. Oh, my gosh. Thank you, God. First of all, friends, I mean, how would someone in Upper Darby meet somebody in Arizona? It's crazy, or up in in Yonkers, New York, or Chicago. It doesn't happen. It is this insidious, hideous disease that wants to kill me that brought me into such pleasure. And as our great leader, Roseanne, would say, beyond my wildest dreams, that is an understatement. I am free. I am a free woman today. This is like I've been shackled. I'm 71 years young. Ah, It's a number. It doesn't really apply to me because I'm doing stuff now I couldn't do in my 50s and 60s. This is the word. Doing this program every single day and living this program every single day and getting my mind off me. And how can I serve thee? That's my life. Thank you for allowing me to share. And I passed.
0: Thank you so much, Naomi. Sima M., you're up, followed by Kim
12: G. Good morning, everyone. My favorite part of the book, because I have, I have the vision. I have reached the vision. I came in 43 years ago. I didn't have any friends. I worked. That was the only good thing in my life. I had no direction. I didn't know how to interact with people unless we were out to dinner or out to lunch or um, something around food because I didn't know how to talk to people. And uh, I was lucky that at my third meeting, my third OA meeting, I met someone, uh, there was some speaker from AA who explained the whole process of recovery and the promises. And I was uh, hit by lightning. And um, I did follow the program. I did experience freedom from food. I did experience uh, relationships for the first time, but I also found, after a number of years after I got married, that I, I went back to food, and I never understood why. And um, in and out of the program for many years, and then out completely. My weight yo-yoing by itself. I didn't try to control it. And five years ago, God tapped me on the shoulder again when I was miserably uncomfortable in my skin, and um, said, go back to OA, and it was was really a God moment because I had been steeped in OA, 10 meetings a week, workshops, big book workshops, uh, sponsoring, um, didn't eat the wedding cake at my own wedding. I was totally comfortable with my abstinence, and then I forgot about OA. And uh, that morning, God tapped me on the shoulder and said, go back to OA, and lightning struck again, and I came back. And a few months after that, I found a vision for you. And I felt like I was struck by lightning one more time because I had come back to the program that I had originally been introduced to. Only now, I had people to work it with and I learned about the 10th and 11th steps and how to work them because that was what was missing in my past. And as I tell, I discovered uh, that I needed antidepressants about 15 years ago. But when I came back to OA, I've been telling the doctor ever since that the medicine has been working a lot better since I came back to OA. And uh, she's a spiritual person. So she said, I've seen many of my patients do better when they're involved in the spiritual way of life. And today I'm experiencing things. I'm 67 years young, and I'm experiencing what it feels like to feel joy for the first time in my life and uh, doing things ballroom dancing, riding a tricycle, things that I had never uh, dreamed before and just enjoying them and not doing them to lose weight and not do- doing them to feel um, that I'm checking off the list of things that pe- healthy people have to do in order to be healthy. I'm doing them because I love them and enjoy them and without this program I wouldn't uh, be experiencing that. So I am grateful to A Vision and to all of you and to this 12-step program. And um, have a good day and a blessed uh, life. Don't leave until the miracle happens. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Simma. Okay, Kim G., you're up, followed by Devorah F.
15: Good morning, Katie. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. The old pleasures were gone. There was always one more attempt and one more failure. You know, I have to be honest with you guys. I am so glad that we're out of chapters 8, 9, and 10. I, I really do feel that we're much more useful when we're in the chapters that are talking specifically about recovery versus post-recovery. Because I have to tell you, I don't meet a lot of newcomers in a way. What I mostly meet is people like me, people who've been around, people who are suffering, people who need the solution of the 12 steps. And, you know, I would talk about being in and out of recovery for 17 years. And what I realize now is I wasn't really in and out of recovery. What I was in and out of was the fellowship. I was in and out of dieting with group support. And unfortunately, what I settled for was temporary respite. And I love how it says here, the old pleasures were gone a couple days before Halloween. Because you know what? Halloween was a lot of fun for a lot of years. But then it turned on me. And I have to fully conceive now that I cannot recapture the Halloween I experienced as an 8, 9, and 10-year-old. That I, I am now in one more attempt and one more failure. I'm trying to enjoy Halloween yet again. I just want to talk a minute because we talk a lot about, you know, the, the, the poor recovery rate in Overeaters Anonymous. And I thought of this analogy recently. Let's say there's a cancer study and it has a ninety percent recovery rate, ninety percent success rate. But what if in that statistics they decided to include people that interviewed and decided not to take the treatment? What if they included in there people that they refused to put in the study because they didn't have the exact cancer that the treatment was for? What if they agreed to put in there the people that agreed to take the treatment but stopped taking the treatment? What if they agreed to include in those statistics those people that agreed to it but then refused to do it as prescribed? Suddenly, the success rate of that cancer treatment would probably drop to about 20%. So as we look at this, a vision for you chapter, let's think about that. You know, We talk about our fellowship having a 5% recovery rate sometimes. What I personally believe now is the fellowship has a 5% recovery rate for all those reasons that the cancer study would have dropped. But for those of us who have this vision for you, for those of us that take these 12 steps as prescribed and do them as a daily treatment and don't decide to do it our way, and don't think that we're done at step 12 and continue to dig into these steps as a way of living, that it's a spiritual life, it's not a theory, it's not a live it. My personal experience is I've seen the 12 steps as described in this book having a 100% recovery rate. And that is a vision that is available for every person on this line. And with that, I pass. Thank
0: you, Kim.
16: Okay, Devora S., you're up. Followed by Melissa C. Thank you so much, everyone. My name is Deborah S. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. And I have to say that my vision was very, very bleak. My days of eating, I'd wake up in the morning and it was, it was like a horror movie. You know, like how am I going to get through this day? It was everything seemed so difficult. It was so torturous and. You know, I went from doctor to doctor. I was suffering from so many different things, high blood pressure, diabetes, being 150 pounds overweight. It was, it was torture and not being able to be there for my children. It was, you know, and my husband suffered. You know, it was just eating with the kids, without the kids, with everyone. And I had my eating buddies, you know, outside of the house. We'd go out to eat. It was, it was a very small world. And, you know, thank God today. That's not my vision today. You know, today I could jump out of bed. I worked with a auntie before I got on the phone here today. You know, there's a purpose in my life today. Thank you, God. I'm not hurting myself with the food anymore. And there is a vision today. You know, most normal folks drinking, drinking means, you know, companionship and colorful imagination. And, you know, yeah, I put down the food and, and I, I, more friends. And my my career, my teaching took off. I became much more creative. Isn't that amazing? I'm doing the same thing years and years. And all of a sudden, I'm coming up with new plans and new ideas. And I'm a different person out there. Where did that come from? You know, it's amazing, you know, what, what, what God has given me today, um, because I'm working this program. And of course, the first thing is, is to get abstinent and go through the steps. And and not pick up the food, and just, and to keep showing up, you know, I keep showing up, and listening to how you do it, you know, all this has given me so much hope, there's so much hope here in these rooms, and I'm, you know, I'm just so grateful to have another day together with you, of working this program, and I'm being free, you know, how free do I want to be, and, you know, the more I work this program, there's more that I got to see that I get to do, and um and i get freer and freer and you know i'm just so grateful and with that i'll pass thank you so much
0: thank you devora okay melissa c you're up followed by maura z
17: hi good morning it's melissa c recovered compulsive overeater in new york thank you katie for your service and um thank you everyone on the line um you know normal people have um a lot of fun with food there's it's pleasurable it's um it's festive it's celebratory it's it's delicious it's amazing and um and at one point in my life that that's how i experienced food too the problem is that um you know the worst heartbreaking thing is when that no longer was true but i couldn't remember it in between the bites that that wasn't true for me anymore, you know, and so what was more heartbreaking, you know, you would think like gaining 100 pounds in high school, really heartbreaking, you know, regaining all my weight, you know, that I had lost before I met my husband within the first couple years of marriage, heartbreaking. Nothing that wasn't that kind of heartbreak was nothing compared to the heartbreak when I realized that the food did not work for me anymore and and I kept you know my memory wasn't clear it's, you know i've been told like I cannot remember with sufficient force, and so um I could not remember. That the food didn't work for me anymore. I mean, it's crazy. I kept trying one more time. It wasn't one more attempt to lose weight. Yeah, I did that. But one more attempt to get some pleasure from the thing that gave me no more pleasure. So, you know, at celebrations, at parties, um, I could not celebrate. I could only focus on the cake and hoping that no one would take an extra piece so that there'd be leftovers or that I could be the one to, you know, wrap the cake up in the kitchen and lick all the frosting off. You know, that's what happened at the end with the food and it was really, it was heartbreaking, um, but so incredibly freeing. You know, when I finally realized, holy heck, this isn't working and I can't consume enough to feel good and I can't consume enough to feel numb, that's when my recovery really first began, and, um, and that was a beautiful thing. And so today um, there is zero reason for me to eat compulsively. There's nothing in my life that can improve with a bite of the food. There's nothing in my life that can um, get any worse than when I'm eating. Um, thank you. With that, I'll pass.
13: Thank you Melissa. Okay next we have Maura Z followed by Denise C.
11: Thank you Katie F for your service. Maura Z recovered in Virginia. It means release from care boredom and worry. <clears throat> it is joyous intimacy with friends and a feeling that life is good and that was nothing but a facade. Eating made me happy. Eating made me feel secure. Eating made me feel one of the group, you know, part of the fun. And no, it was a lie I was telling myself. It was, it was merely a facade. It was covering up the loneliness, the palpable loneliness, the pain, physical and emotional, depression, fear. All the while, the running thread was, what's wrong with me? Why can't I be like other people? What is my problem? And one diet after another, I mean, I was the infomercial queen of every diet out there. The money I spent is absolutely, ugh, mind-boggling. Always one more attempt. There was an insistent yearning to enjoy life as we once did and a heartbreaking obsession that some new miracle of control would enable us to do it. Some new miracle. Do you know to this day when a diet commercial comes on, my ears perk up? I immediately dismiss it and think, oh, my gosh, more what are you doing? You know, well, you know, it's a hard-worn rut that that nerve goes on. And so, you know, I just ignore it. But it still happens. I remember almost 10 years ago now, almost nine years ago now, sitting where I'm sitting, thinking, you know, I've got to get back into OA. I was face down in the food and I was face down in the sugar for the first time at that point in about nine years. And thinking and saying out loud for the first time, one of these days I'm not going to have to do all this shit. I'm not going to have to make calls. I'm not going to have to make food changes. I'm not going to have to weigh my food. I'm not going to have to go to meetings. And it hit me right then, huge two by four, that I'd never taken step one. So how could I possibly have ever gotten out from under the pain and the depression and the loneliness? I couldn't have because I'd never, ever, ever been truly honest with myself and never admitted, never fully conceded to my innermost self that I was a compulsive overeater. I'd never done it. This book opened up in front of me by someone in whom the problem had been solved and showed me, Maura, you can have this. Follow these steps in order do your best be honest you can have this and did i want it hell yeah have i let go of it no thank you god and all of you on this line every day is new every day is a new chance at happiness and a new and deeper connection to my higher power and that's what sustains me my higher power an OA, and this fellowship. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Katie.
0: Thank you, Mara. Denise C., followed by Roz G., and we have four minutes left, so if you could each take two, that would be
18: awesome. Thank you so much. This is Denise C., a compulsive overeater, recovering here in Georgia. A vision for you. What a great chapter. A vision for me. It means that my vision means that I can see and i my eyes are open now to the disease of compulsive overeating i can see that i was in a whirlwind and i was dying life was leaving me with eating this food so compulsively and i this m- november is the month of my birth but the month of my oa anniversary comes 7 days after the date of my birth I think I'm more excited about my OA birthday than I am about my birth birthday. I am so grateful that I found a vision for me. It has changed my life. There is always one more attempt and one more failure. Well, because of a vision for you and the fellows in the in the fellowship, it has changed my life. I look forward to listening to the fellas. every morning. I look forward to being here knowing that you give me strength to get through another 24 hours. And that's all I have to live for is that 24 hours. And I don't have to think about the weight loss anymore because if I work the program, the program will work. And I have been working this program and I've seen the results. I get words from others about my weight loss, but I'm more excited about the change in my heart and my mind and my soul when it comes to food that I no longer have to have food to live, to, but I the kind of food I used to eat to live, that I have to have food for nutrition, and it makes a difference in my life. I have neutrality over the food of allergies of my life, and I never thought I'd get to this day. So when my OA anniversary comes next month, I am going to rejoice, rejoice. Time, please. Thank you so much for letting me share. I'll pass.
0: Thank you so much. I'm sorry to have to cut you off, Denise. Okay, Roz G., uh, you have two minutes, please.
13: Thank you. This is Roz G., compulsive overeater in Los Angeles, and I just want to say in another book I read, it says, where there is no vision, the people perish. And I'm glad that we're reading this vision and that in order to have a vision, I, I need to live. And, and, and I've learned my, convivir, how to live with others. OA, Vision for You, has given me intimacy and, the, and, and to convene with other people. The, the biggest five words in my vocabulary were let's go out to lunch. Because that's where I gained intimacy, or so-called, with friends, or at church, always looking for what there was to eat. But now, today, I am making friends all over the world. My Spanish is getting better because I I participate on the Visión para Ti uh, meetings every day. And I garden I'm making I'm making acquaintances that have gardening in common and uh, I went to a wedding an Armenian wedding on Saturday in nestled in the farmlands of north uh, of um, Fresno California and it's give this this program is has broadened my life there's so many you know instead of my my eyes being on the plate you know down looking at the plate my eyes are looking around me. The moon, the full moon, the trees, the gardening, the friendships. It's just a beautiful way to live. And I'm so grateful that we did pass through those other chapters because, as I've heard Harlan say, we recovered to live. Or was it, what is it? Yeah, we recovered to live so that we can live. And those two chapters were very helpful to remind me about my family life and about my working life. And with that, I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much, and thank you to everyone. Thank you, Renee A., Esther F., Marie J., Martha Z., Craig F. for being uh, in the wings, and Lynn F. and Rebecca B., and everyone who shared this morning. Um, Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Monday, October 29th, is 12,112. That's one, two, one, one, two. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Martha Z please read a vision for you?
19: Good morning, my friends in recovery. This is Martha Z. I'm a compulsive overeater recovered by the grace of God from outside of Philadelphia. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us.